0: Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Stripe Show podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore designs high-performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds. Get fitted for your perfect golf ball today and then get $10 off your first order at EncoreGolf.com. Well, it's Friday. I'm your host, Samantha Marks. We're back with another Happy Hour Express edition of the Stripe Show podcast. The Pumpkin Spice Latte and the Pumpkin Cream Cold Brew is back at Starbucks. That's the biggest news of the week, honestly. End the podcast. Stop recording. That's all you need to know. Um, That's my basic white girl moment is um, that I'm obsessed with the pumpkin cream cold brew. So if you haven't ever had one, I would encourage you to get one uh, this weekend. It's a nice little treat heading into a weekend of golf. There's a lot going on in this week in golf, so I'll give you a snapshot of what you need to know before we get to our corn Fairy tour grad interview here in a little bit. Um, the BMW Championship well underway at Caves Valley. This is the first time the PGA Tour is seeing this course, and I'm loving watching it. It's hilly, it's beautiful. Um, there's something awesome about all of us seeing this course together for the first time. Um, some players that are hop- off to a hot start: John Rahm, who's shocked, definitely the best player in the world right now. Rory McIlroy, Sam Burns, Dustin Johnson, Um, Sam Burns, though, Travis is wanting him to make a postseason push and even be a threat for the Ryder Cup. Um, He's played some really good golf this year and is trending in the right direction at the perfect time. It'll be interesting to see how the weekend shakes out as always looking forward to watching it on tv this weekend it's supposed to be kind of rainy and gross here in Orlando this weekend so a weekend full of golf is definitely welcomed and you know some couch potatoing and raining outside watching some golf a new course on tv is going to be great for us here in Florida but for other storylines Patrick Reed was in the hospital with a strange form of pneumonia and he's out now and he's back home, but the rest of his season and his Ryder cup chances are in jeopardy now as he focuses on recovering as expected. We, you know, good news that he's home, um, that he's starting to feel better, but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out and, and what his recovery is like. Um, also along the Ryder cup lines, Steve Stricker says that the Brooks and Bryson feud is put to bed. How? Who knows? Um, Travis spoke with Kurt Byron yesterday, and they joked about wanting them to hug it out on the first tee. And it's funny because we know that that will never happen. Um, It's going to be a few interesting weeks leading up to the Ryder Cup. Don't get me started on the Kevin Kisner cult drama I endured last week on Twitter. Y'all are wild in with that. First of all, you need to chill. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who makes a push and what kind of strategy Steve Stricker goes with. Um, is he going to go with the more veteran players? Is he going to go with kind of a younger, um, newer, fresher dynamic on the team? So who knows what's to come? Um, we've got a couple more Ryder Cup specials with Travis coming up next week on the Stripe Show where he's going to talk to some um, European tour experts, some um, um, PGA tour experts and kind of get their opinions on, on who should be Stricker's captain's picks. So it'll be an interesting couple weeks. Obviously we've got the BMW championship this week, tour championship next week at East Lake, one of my favorite tournaments to watch all year, but, um, that's pretty much it for super need to know storylines from this week in golf. The Curtis cup is also on TV this weekend. Um, be sure to check that out. Some great amateur golf going on um, with the women.
1: Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter weighted balls made with the high density particles and proprietary nano transitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy To the Stripe Show podcast,
0: but as you know, we're getting to know the upcoming PGA Tour players here on the Stripe Show podcast, and on Fridays, the KFT guys who've secured their 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 PGA Tour cards this season, we're getting to know them over the next several weeks. And this week, we're getting to know number twenty five, the last guy to earn his PGA Tour card, SMU grad. He's a former teammates with Bryson DeChambeau and Harry Higgs at Southern Methodist University in Dallas. We're getting to know Austin Smotherman, and I love chatting with Austin this week and getting to know him on and off the golf course. Um, he was a really fun interview, and we could I could really tell that he was really about his team that's around him um, on tour, and I can really tell that he's got some fire behind him, and he's ready to go low. So here's a little bit more about Austin on and off the golf course. Enjoy this one. Okay, Austin, thanks for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you, Sam?
0: I'm good. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Where are you right now?
2: I am in Dallas, Texas on a uh, short little 18-hour layover um, between tournaments.
0: And where are you headed next?
2: I am on my way to Columbus, Ohio uh, for our second Corn Ferry Finals event. Just finished up our tournament, uh, the Albertsons Boise Open, and uh, decided to take a, a one night's rest in my own bed um, on this whirlwind of a season, so...
0: That's probably nice though. It's been a long season with COVID. How has it been? Describe your season to us so far.
2: Um, I mean, a bunch of new experiences. I mean, obviously traveling during the pandemic and uh, just, you know, going through our testing protocols week in and week out, going through the whole vaccination process. Um, and then just, you know, just hoping to compete with more and more fans, which has kind of been the biggest thing. It's been nice to see those uh, crowds grow a little bit Um cuz even on the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, we don't get the biggest crowds, but I mean through the middle of last year, I mean it was kind of difficult to, you know, go make a 30-footer and have no one no one clap for you.
0: Yeah, well, you were the Corn Ferry Tour player to earn the PGA Tour card, one of the 25. You were number 25, but hey, they're still the same card as the number 1 guy as far as I'm concerned. Tell us how that felt. Was it a little bit of a sigh of relief?
2: i uh, it is and i'm still getting goosebumps uh with you describing it like that um i guess it's been a little bit more than a week and it really hasn't really set in um but yeah i mean we we earned our pj tour card and we're playing these finals to better our status and uh oh my gosh the the emotional roller coaster of at least the round on sunday um was was intense uh i had not really Looked at all the details to figure out what I needed to finish to lock a card and move up. I knew the guys around me on the points list going into the going into the tournament had well going into the weekend had missed the cut, and so it was kind of up to me. And I had a, had a nice Friday round shooting seven under to uh, to give myself a good chance over the weekend, and then you know the cards fell you know the right way in in, in my hand. So it was uh, it was exciting.
0: How does your mentality shift going into those couple final rounds where you know? you have to play good or it's going to be another year before you get that shot again.
2: Right. I think if, I mean, if I looked at it as, you know, this wasn't a marathon we were running and we got to the final mile and you got to, you got to push hard. Well, you know, you're still just taking one step to take the next and to keep moving along this road that we're running um, and chasing our PGA tour dreams. Uh, you know, to think that that last mile was going to be easy would be kind of ignorant. I mean, at the start of the year, I mean, it's what we were playing for, but uh, we kept stepping forward. It wasn't easy. Uh, yeah, to have to wait a whole another year, not that I wouldn't have been ready for it or accepting of it because you know that's that's the process, part of the dream. Can't get too far ahead of ourselves, and everybody's on their own kind of timeline and their path. Uh, I'm I'm fortunate. Mine was was two years playing Latin America out of out of college two years playing corn ferry, or maybe three years with the added season, um, on top of our second year. And then, uh, you know, my rookie season starts in a couple of weeks.
0: You keep saying we, which tells me as somebody who follows golf, obviously golf is an individual sport, but that tells me how important your team is to you and how, you know, integral they are to your success. Talk to me about how important having the right people around you are, especially to make it, you know, how you've made it so far.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, even just this morning talking to you, I mean, I'm on this short little layover back home in Dallas and went and saw my trainer this morning, got a workout in already. uh, Who's uh, Williams been a huge part of my team since I was in college working out at the move project. Um, I actually got to run to the SMU team there this morning as well. Fortunately, my workout was at seven and their uh, team workouts are at six, but I think that's kind of the beauty of it uh, was is just, you know, it's such an individual sport, but playing college golf definitely kind of gave you that team aspect of it. And you just get to meet so many great people that you can add and just keep stacking on top of, um, on top, on top of each other to where when it comes down to it, you know, those new moments or stressful moments, um, and just questions you might have, you can, you know, reach out to somebody and ease a little bit of that pressure. And that's who I kind of have in place with my wife and my coach, Cameron McCormick, uh, everybody at my home golf course turning forest. I mean, it's, it's awesome.
0: It's important to have the right people around you. And it, you clearly have a good start because you won your first corn ferry tour event at Simmons bank open in may describe that feeling. I know I'm just asking you to describe your feelings, but I feel like it's been, it's been emotional.
2: It's all right. It's, this can be a little bit of a therapy session. Um, no, we, uh, yeah, I mean, now I'm, I'm recognizing myself saying we, it's not even something that I really pay attention to nowadays, but, uh, yeah, to win Simmons Bank Open in Nashville. I yeah, I mean, to say that I just knew it was gonna be my week is is kind of crazy. But you know what, just things were falling into place that I just felt like I was in a good space, headspace. Uh game felt great. Uh, I was playing loose, had kind of been playing well, I finished like 19th the week before, but had no I've been playing better than that. And just was impatient, patient and you know, just kind of let the week come to me and I started off with a good first round shooting seven under par and then uh, kind of held on to a share of the lead or or outright um, co-led or led throughout the entire week. I mean, the final round that week in Nashville, we actually had two weather delays the final round, Uh, an hour and 15 minutes the first time where I had to mark my ball in a fairway bunker. And then had to come back out, place it, and basically just tell myself for an hour and a half, how am I going to make par from this fairway bunker? When I want to get back out there because it was not the place to be. Um, and then the second one was almost almost two two and a half hours. So just to not be so mentally worn out over that seven and a half almost eight hour eight hours that I was at the golf course, uh, you know, was kind of what I had worked up to in that point to be able to handle that.
0: When I talked to Curtis Thompson last week, he was talking about how a lot of the regular corn fairy tour seasons, you win once, and I don't want to say you kind of coast to the end, but you more so have a better chance. Obviously, when the season is shortened, where it wasn't, it was extended this year. So, what was that like? Kind of still having to grind after yeah. that event, and then now you still have the finals, and you're still waiting. I mean, describe right. that to us.
2: I, I, I kind of, I enjoyed it. I mean, I embraced it. I think. Definitely, this this class of 25 players earning their card, I think, are going to be more prepared for the PGA Tour than possibly classes in the past, where you definitely have kind of the top five or ten guys that are you know completely ready for the PGA Tour, and maybe you know the 10 to 15 mark that need a little bit of you know extra oomph to kind of get it going. Um, But the fact that we went through a two season deal to figure out, you know, the core, the core guys of the year and that you couldn't just coast and you had to you know, be prepared, keep working hard, figure out how to shoot 15 to 20 under par every single week and all these different golf courses we play, uh, you know, the, I think the better players are able to kind of come out and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be the 25th guy, but I know I still have some work to do.
0: Well, speaking of obviously being a good golfer, Travis, as we know, is a golf instructor. So I do have to ask those little instruction questions. You're ranked pretty high in total driving and ball striking. So we do like to talk about that a little bit. Tell us what you're working on in your swing week to week or what like your kind of default move is, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no. So I've always, always kind of struggled with, uh, not so much struggle. I mean, I guess I'm in a way to frame it correctly. I, I'm, I'm too good at drawing the ball. Um and so over the over the course of these past couple of years working with Cameron, we've uh, we've worked on just kind of neutralizing a little bit of of swing path um and kind of weakening the club face to where I can get a more neutral ball flight. honestly I hit 95% of my shots with a fade feel uh, everything does not necessarily fade. I mean, a lot of people out there joke that, you know, Oh, awesome. That was a great, that was an awesome two yard draw. Like, what are you talking about? That thing cut five yards <laughs> and just the way that my, eye see it, but those are, those are my fields and how to kind of continually refine that. And these past couple of weeks, especially in Omaha, I took a couple of videos, which I'm not a huge video guy during, the, you know, Monday through Wednesday, I uh, couple, sorry, I had my something, some noise in the back, but, uh, I, couple face on videos and I saw just my head dropping so far back behind me, at least with my driver swing, that all I was focused on the entire week was just trying to feel like I'm super neutral, head over the top of the ball and even making practice rehearsals where I'm feeling like I'm falling, like getting my head in front of the ball in that rehearsal, i able to kind of feel that club face through and um, I don't know if that sounds confusing or not, but you know what, that's, that's literally all I've really been focusing on.
0: Well, that's great. And it feels like it feels like a lot of us younger people are too into that technology. So it's interesting to hear you say that you're not a huge video person on those times when you're trying to figure it out. So what advice would you give to the weekend golfer, like from what you've learned in the past few years, playing mini tours, making it to the PGA tour? You know, I look at my dad who plays like four times a week and he gets so mad when he shoots 80, yet he doesn't practice. It's like, I know exactly what I would tell him if I could, but what would your advice be to the average golfer?
2: Oh my gosh. You, you got to have a little bit of expectation management. I mean, even for myself out there, um, you know, hitting a nine iron from 150 yards into a cross breeze at 30 feet, sometimes on firm greens is not a bad shot at all. I mean, if you look at some of these crazy tiger stats that are thrown out there sometimes, I mean his proximity with wedges from a hundred yards the that he hit inside 10 feet is not even really that high. He just, he doesn't miss greens and then he doesn't three put once he gets on the green. So it's just expectation management, kind of finding your kind of your go-to around the green shot. You know, you can't be really double chipping it to be able to break 80. You know, you got to get it on the green and at least have a look for, four. you know, for par and, uh, and if you're going to spend any time, get loose. If you practice, hit some extra balls, but, uh, you know, just go get the speed of the greens down and, um, go through kind of a one ball drill prior to the, prior to the round. They kind of not just hit, hit shots to hit shots and have it actually mean something.
0: Expectation management. I like that. Well, shifting gears a little bit, we talked about this before we started recording as an SMU grad, there's a guy on the PGA tour, a lot of buzz around him from SMU. You were teammates with Bryson DeChambeau. Is that right?
2: That's right we grew up playing uh, junior golf together even way back in uh, our California days.
0: did would you say you learned things from him? Were you comparing yourself to him? Tell me about in college what he was like and how you know you guys kind of grew up on the team together?
2: Yeah, uh, well, in college he was really good. um in the pros he's really good. Um, but he definitely kind of opened uh, opened the door to kind of what you can achieve through some incredibly hard work and some intense focus. I mean, his, what he wants to achieve and what he focuses on. And I mean, he will work day and night to be able to achieve it. And, uh, you know, in college, you know, we got to sacrifice things here or there, you know, you still have, you got school, social life, whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, you just got to figure out how to prioritize those things for you and, you know, to be able to, uh, for me to not to compare myself to him too often um but definitely pick his brain you know other than learning his work ethic uh you know he's told me to like at least when i won in south america one of the things he mentioned before my thought around, you know we text a decent amount was just to learn something from every single shot that day um and kind of to take my mind off of the outcome of wherever that shot did and just to dive into all right. Well, how can we get a little bit better? On the next one, and just kind of his thought process and the way his mind works versus all the technical stuff. Because there's no way I can reproduce his swing, um, upright club, single length. I mean, if you could go on and on down that list, but say so just kind of a little bit of all those things.
0: That's some great advice, like you said, from somebody who's really good right now. I re- this is a completely different question that I had written down, but I forgot to ask it. I read something about your superstition with your ball marker. You use a quarter. <laughs> but there's a very strange method. So I need to hear this from you.
2: Yeah. So, uh, in my bag right now, I have, I think I I got four in there currently, uh, two 1965 quarters and then two 1967 quarters, but I will, uh, I'll only use quarters from the year 1960s. And for some reason I've only been able to find 65 and 67, which is fine, but I don't mind looking at those numbers all day long, you know? Those are kind of some good scores you want to shoot on a golf course. Um, and then I'll mark on the green anything birdie or better, I'll mark it with the uh the eagle up and uh the bird, and the next thing you know, any par or worse, I will mark it with the heads up because you gotta stay a little bit more focused to make sure uh make sure you got your head in it. So
0: Where did that you know? come from?
2: I don't know. I don't know. It probably years ago and then I don't even realize I was doing it and then nowadays when we get change anywhere or somebody's looking at some quarters or an old you know jar of change I'll go through it and try and snag a couple extra 65 or 67 quarters
0: <laughs> I love that what about a 59 would you be loving a 59
2: if somebody has a 1959 quarter they would uh, happily donate I would uh, I would take it in a heartbeat.
0: You'll pay them another quarter, right? That's right. I'll,
2: I'll, I'll double their money. I'll give them 50 There you cents go.
0: There you go. Big offers here. Random. Another random question, and then we'll get to know, we'll go to our rapid fire questions, but I read that you like to train your dog. I just yeah. got a dog. Okay. So what is the coolest thing your dog can do? Can you like grab you a beer from the fridge or something?
2: No, sadly, no. Um, I don't know. I mean, we got a few good tricks. I... Our favorite is probably just walking and her uh, her zigzagging between our legs, doing a little in and out kind of weave. Uh she's a pretty she's got her more probably better hand eye coordination or paw, I guess mouth eye coordination, <laughs> however you would refer to that. Uh as a frisbee dog. So I mean, kind of some cool frisbee tricks and uh yeah, she kinda of helps me get away from the golf course a little bit and morning morning walks, go get our coffee, go to the park for a little bit when I'm home and uh yeah, her name's Cypress. We named her after Cypress Point. Uh, and then we have a cat as well. And uh, her name is Pebbles after Pebble Beach. Classic. And I'm pr- pretty sure if we got another dog, we might have to figure out maybe Monty for like Monterey Peninsula. Uh, you know, we got to figure out how to work Spanish Bay in there, get that whole kind of that Monterey uh, 17 mile drive in, in the house. <laughs>
0: Two different strategies there because I like tacos and I named my cat taco. So pretty much the same thing.
2: I like golf. I like golf courses. I like those golf courses. There you go.
0: (laughs) Okay. So throughout this series, I'm going to do with all these, uh, cornbury tour graduates, I'm going to ask everybody a list of the same questions. So it's rapid fire. Just answer as quick as not as quick as you can, but with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Biggest thing you're excited about on the PGA tour.
2: Definitely the uh, the Sunday Roars.
0: Okay. Who are you most excited to play with?
2: I want to play with Adam Scott.
0: Okay. Who or what motivates you?
2: My family. Just three all
0: words, everyone. Three words to best describe you as a person. Three words.
2: I'd say, like relaxed, fun and happy.
0: Okay, now three words to best describe your golf game.
2: I uh, consistent, I, uh, which can also be sometimes boring. Uh, and then I don't know, three one more word. I don't know why this one's so tough.
0: I don't know, but I liked boring because boring is not necessarily a bad thing in golf.
2: No, no. Um, I'd say tr- trending.
0: Trending. There we go. That's a good one. Okay. Do you have any passions that are not golf related? Uh, food. Food. Okay. If you weren't a golfer, what would you be doing? <laughs>
2: Probably some sort of uh, marketing for some sporting events or something like that. Still definitely staying in sports.
0: What's the best advice you were ever told?
2: Just be yourself.
0: And what's your most memorable golf shot to this day?
2: Most memorable is my first ever college event, Spring Hill up in YZ, Minnesota whole a hybrid on the 36th whole day of the first tournament of my college career from 225 for double Eagle,
0: double Eagle. Jesus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That same day, Harry Higgs, couple of groups behind me made a hole in one and that same hole, I double eagled Bryson made an Eagle right in front of me. So we were, uh, we were also trending that day as a, uh, as a team.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Harry Higgs was with y'all as well. Huh?
2: Yep. Yep. We were teammates for two years, and then I had his brother as a teammate as well, who's now caddying for him.
0: And then, because he was in, he advanced to BMW in the 70th spot yesterday, right?
2: 70 or 69? I'm not sure. I know it was close. We were, we were following. We were following. It was close. Yeah. Harry's, Harry's been awesome. I mean, you can't compete against him. Although I'm going to have to, and I'm going to have to be him every week. So.
0: And Bryson too.
2: And Bryson. And Bryson. So it'll be Better fun. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get I'm sure we'll get the whole all the ponies together for a practice round. And then we got Kelly Kraft playing well as well in the uh uh Corn Ferry Finals event last week, finished seventh. Um so hopefully we all get ourselves out there and we can have Colt Nost, another SMU pony, you know, announce, you know, calling our shots from the sidelines. So.
0: Well, awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. I hope that you have a great rest of the season and we'll be watching for you on the PGA tour, but we loved getting to know you today.
1: Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Do you feel like you are constantly overshooting greens or coming up short because you choose the wrong club? Well, if that's the case today is your lucky day because I'm proud to announce my brand new partnership with the boys over at pinned golf. Their brand new ACE range finder is amazing And it's only $199. I've been using it for a couple weeks now, and I was blown away with the quality. It has a slope technology, pin-locked vibration technology. So you know exactly when you are locked onto your target tour lever accuracy. And best of all, it is powered by a USB charge, so you can forget about those little batteries every other rangefinder makes you buy. One 45-minute charge lasts you 50-plus hours. Rounds, I love it. Our friends over at Pin Golf are hooking up all of our listeners with $25 off and free shipping when you use code STRIPESHOW. That's code STRIPESHOW. I'm telling you, for $175, you simply cannot beat the ace range finder. Head out
0: over to pingolf.com and get yourself the ace and get dialed in.